Hi there, and welcome back to the HR Sucks podcast. This is episode 27. How do you get people to care about the unsexy things in life like property damage and public adjuster? Create content that is fun, eye-catching, and useful. I definitely have experience in doing this with HR, but there's another gal on the block by the name of Stephanie Saunders, who was also listed as a Forbes top social media influencer in 2020. She has over 28,000 followers on LinkedIn, and she's quite frankly way cooler than I am. Tune in to find out how she did it, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Today's episode is sponsored by Game Day HR. Game Day HR is changing the way the world thinks about HR. With capabilities to absorb a business's day-to-day HR tasks or support the current HR team, Game Day HR provides an affordable and efficient dedicated HR team to help push your business forward. Visit www.gamedayhr.com today to schedule a free That's right, free HR audit for your business. With Game Day HR, it's game day every day. Welcome to the HR Sucks podcast, where we'll get down to the good, the bad, and the crap of workplaces today. On this episode, we have a wonderful woman who started out in corporate America representing creditors during the last recession and then made a 180 pivot. By exiting the corporate world, she found her happiness by helping on the good side and found her entrepreneurial spirit as a public adjuster, marketing guru, nonprofit founder, and recently named a Forbes top social media influencer of 2020. Stephanie Saunders, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you now that you've had some, you know, 15 minutes of fame on the Forbes list? (laughs) I'm good. You know, it was a really humbling moment. How crazy was that? To see us both on there, I was like, I have to reach out to everyone who got this. This is a great uh, moment. (laughs) Yeah, I was was definitely uh, surprised to see Mm -hmm. that I was on the list. Um, And then, you know, I saw everybody else on there and I felt like, okay, this was not because of a high following. Everybody else had so much, so many more followers than I did. Um, but you know, I guess being funny has its payoffs. <laughs> Why don't you tell our listeners like what what your content is focused on? Like, why do you think you made the list? You know, so I'll I'll explain what my content is. But what I really got from that moment was that he was trying to say that this things have changed a little bit when it comes to influencer marketing. So like everyone in their business model, their personal brand, they're trying to be seen now, right? So it's not so much about just like this flashy lifestyle thing on Instagram. It's like, hey, who is providing value every day showing up and is also entertaining and doing something a little different? That's what I took from it, which is super cool especially younger women, like we're all, you know, we've been on Instagram for a long time, right? All we see is like women in bikinis or, you know, beauty products and clothing. So yeah, I think less of the lifestyle brand, more of like what people are doing to add actual value. That's a little bit different. I think I totally agree. Um, 
I mean, I, I struggled personally for years with branding on Instagram because I like hated trying to take like filtered pictures and posing. I feel like such an idiot when I try right. to pose because I'm, I'm, I'm just not that way. I'm more off the cuff and I like to do things as I feel them in the moment. Right. And, um, Instagram was just like, not the place for me for a very long time. And LinkedIn was definitely an opportunity to disrupt because everybody on there is so like hoity toity and, <laughs> and professional. And I'm like, no, 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 we're right. going to, we're going to shake things up just a little bit over here. Um, and so there was some validation in that because I think I did struggle for so long on like, what do I want my brand to feel like? And, and it really came down to being authentic to who I was. And, you know, I can honestly say that the way I write things on my social media is the way I talk in real life, right? There is no structured, like, part of it, you know, you, you, you see these like quote cards that go out, or you see these very like fabricated, you know, posts and captions, and you realize that's not them. Like somebody is teaching them how to write things this way. And so yeah. I went through that where I used like, um, I don't know, like a, like a third party mm-hmm. who they, they give you these stock photos and they give you like these captions, like templates for you to write it out. And every yeah. time I would go back and read it, I was like, yeah, this is not me. Like, I don't, I don't say things like, Hey sister, like you go and kill it today. <laughs> That's just not how I talk. Right. Right. I'm with it's, you. Yeah. So I think, um, like at what point did you really start being intentional with your content and had you previously tried to brand before and it did not work out well? So it's funny. Like I had never tried to brand Um, I was in corporate for a long time and I left corporate America and I went off on my own. And like, I had so many word of mouth relationships that I didn't even consider it. Then the pandemic happened and it changed everything, right? I couldn't go to dinners. I couldn't go to conferences. I used to travel all the time for work. And I realized that this was going to be the moment. And 10 months later to have that in Forbes is like a huge indicator that doesn't matter what brand you are, what business you're in, you know, I'm in something that's not a super sexy business, but like showing up and being authentic, right? Like HR, right? So not sexy. You're not even allowed to say sexy in in the same sentence. (laughs) True. Um, But I think really the pandemic forced me to to recognize the importance of, of bringing your brand online. So you were working for a corporation when did you leave working for a corporation? So I left corporate in like 2016 or 2017, okay. actually. Yeah. So it wasn't that long ago. No. Um, I left 2016 also. So what was your experience working with a corporation and then transitioning out of it? So there's so many, there's so many politics in corporate, right? Like, and there's also so many things attached to your role in corporate. Like I talk about all the time, you know, talk about being authentic, right? I had the biggest ego because I was so excited about the fact that I had this national role and I'm, you know, I'm this executive and I'm getting a high paying salary and all of my friends are still trying to figure out what they're doing. So there was something to that, but then I was miserable. I knew that I hated doing what I was doing, but I also, once I got over that 
attachment to it and I realized my identity was was my corporate role it was such a relief to finally be gone so there were a lot of emotions involved with leaving recognizing mm-hmm. you know that the attachments that I had in a non-healthy way um, but then the freedom of being away from that has been incredible what were some of the hurdles you had to overcome like in order to get to where you are now I know you just talked about kind of overcoming these limiting mindsets that you had or, 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 you know, what you were attached to, what else did you have to realize that you had to make some changes? Well, I think it's really, when you have a corporate role, you think you have security, right? You have this feeling of I'm good. Like I'm, I'm always going to be in this position, but in reality, it's, it's always the same. You know, when you're independent, you feel maybe the pressure more because you're trying to do all these things in moving parts. You might have bad months, whatever the case is. So I think recognizing just that the struggle is always there, you know, you're always trying to feel like you're moving in the right direction. So just recognizing, I guess, the discomfort that you really have when you're in corporate. I think that's the biggest hurdle, all the, the recognition. Did, did you ever, I mean, me personally, I had, there were times when I considered going back. Really? Um, yeah. There, there were, there were a couple of times where, you know, um, when you start a business, obviously you don't make a ton of money right away. There's right. like, a, there's a ramp up that comes with it, but my position was in, in other jobs, you know, 150K, 200K. And I just thought like, wow, like maybe I should go back and work a little bit more and, and then come back to this. Like there were definitely times when I considered going and the offers were there, they, you know, right in front of me. And they were from my own clients at times. My own clients sure. were like, why don't you just come work for us? <laughs> right. Um, I never wanted to go back. You know what it was for me? I, I got a license. So I'll tell you quickly my story. In corporate America, the role that I had, um, we represented creditors, right? So there was a big recession a couple of years back and it was the mm-hmm. foreclosure crisis. We, we had the foreclosure housing bubble and I had just started um, my career. And so I took a job with this big group and we were helping banks, right? So what we were helping banks do was take people's homes back and Mm -hmm. how to strategize on how to like do this faster, right? So I think it was devastating, um, but I also think it was very lucrative, right? So when I left though, I I took this new role and I got a license in something. And my Mm -hmm. first commission only income was probably more than I made in 10 years. So I was like, okay, like I can make more on my own. I have less strings attached, less politics to deal with, less women who are nasty. Cause I think when you're a young woman in corporate you deal with a lot of that. Um, so I have never considered going back. I I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. Well, I wouldn't do it anymore. You wouldn't do it. (laughs) But you know, I was at the time I was a single mom. And so I felt like I was being irresponsible by starting this business with her being, you know, three years old, two years old. Um, I had just moved into a new place, uh, with a high, uh, more rent than I had ever really paid before. I just gotten like a 30%, uh, raise, from my employer. So there was, there were just times when I felt like sure. it was, I was being irresponsible. Yeah. Um, obviously it's paid off and yeah. I wouldn't, I would never do that. 
Um, which, you know, you make these comments about dealing with people um, when you're young and you're a woman in the workplace. And so I think this is something that we don't talk about enough. Um, like two women as women, you're obviously very attractive. How do you deal with people reaching out to you with a non-business agenda, like on ah. social media or at events or like, what is your strategy or your system there? You know, it's funny. I had more problems or trouble with women than I did with men. Cause I think there comes a time when you're serious about what you do and you're passionate, you want to be perceived in a certain way. And I think men get the picture when mm -hmm. you don't give them that attention back in any way. It's kind of like, here, let me school you on how smart I am. And then it's kind of like, oh, okay, we can't mess with her. Right. So I think it's really just being confident and knowing what I'm doing and I've been able to really hold that barrier there, but like, it's been more difficult with women because women are nastier. They're, they'll backstab you. And I'm like a, a total woman's woman. I'm always supporting all the women around me. And that's, it's almost something that women in corporate didn't recognize or didn't understand. Yeah. I mean, I, my experience was a little different. I don't, I mean, I had issues with like management who were females, um, yeah. like they were my direct supervisors. They went, they would, sure. they really loved me, but when I didn't conform or like do exactly what they wanted me to do, they would like turn against me. Um, right. They were keeping me from getting transferred. Like they would write me up just so I wouldn't be allowed to transfer out. Um, right. It was, it was a very interesting experience. Definitely. Uh, but my issues are different at this point. I feel like I get so much, like so many messages on social media with like men who are, uh -huh. Hey, you, you have a business. Like, I want to talk, like, what do you do? And, and I'm, and, and first of all, I'm like, you look at my profile and that's right. You're there. It's, it's right there. Right. Um, and then it's like, we should have coffee sometime. And I'm like, mm -hmm. but to, for what? Like, what are we, what right. are we going to discuss? Like, well, you know, we could just be friends and I'm, it, it just becomes yeah. this like avalanche of a conversation to where you're going down the mountain and you don't know how to stop it without like hurting someone's feelings or, sure. or even being very assuming, right. You sure. know, where sure. you're assuming that maybe they have this agenda, which by the way, like nine times out of 10, they have an agenda. Have sure. To <laughs> sure. And sure. so when you're get when you have people like messaging you um and they're saying they're interested in like what you do as a business and then you realize they're not like how do you deal with it? You know, I just keep it moving. I ignore it. I, listen, the I'll say the Forbes thing really increased my activity. Like I had maybe 4,000 new connections in that week. Yeah. I'm sure you had the same kind of yeah. So not four thousand, uh, girl. I had like two hundred. <laughs> oh come on! I, you know, it's funny. I didn't even know that it happened because my inbox is so crazy that I had to see all these congratulatory messages for a request, and I'm like, mm -hmm. what are these people talking about? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I think I just keep it moving. Like, look, you, you know, you deal with you'll deal with that. Any woman is going to deal with that on here, right? You just have mm -hmm. to kind of. The real ones are are going to come through and they're you're going to know when when it's really business. Absolutely. What what is a big misconception people have about you? Probably that I'm not a businesswoman. Okay. Yeah. Like you're just like you're just the poster. Yeah. 
woman. But I'm just here to hang out and what's up. And, you know, so when people talk to me, I think they're kind of like, oh, wow. Because I don't know about you, but in those messages that you get from the guys that are pretending like they want to do business and they really just want to be your friend, there are the people who like the guys who want to collab with you, but not about your business. They, they want to collab with you about selling a product of theirs or like wearing one of their new t-shirts because mm-hmm. they're going to sell this new t-shirt. So I have zero interest in that. I'm like, I'm doing so much. I'm running a business and I'm dealing with four other side hustles. So what makes you think I have any interest in doing that? Right. So I think maybe the misconception is that I'm just here to have fun and try to maybe be like an Instagram influencer. Yeah. Have you, have you ever gone to your profile on LinkedIn and then you, when you click on your profile, you go to like other profiles people have looked at. Yeah. And it's all like, <laughs> it's like all blonde, big boobed. Like, yeah. Women. Yeah. On like, mine, really? that's what it is. Yeah. Like if you go, like go to your profile and then you go to people also viewed, right. That's so funny. And then, so like right now I'm looking at my, there's, you know, one, two, one, two, actually it's a lot of the Forbes, like other Forbes people on there. Um, but you know, I would say, let me see out of 10, it's like a girl in a bathing suit, a girl on yours. Yeah. On LinkedIn. It's like, she has, she's you know, uh, endowed and like, it's all these women, like all sure. like, there's a, there's definitely a type like going sure. on over here. Sure. I have that removed, I think from mine, mm, you, can, okay. you can, you can clip that out so that people don't have to see the other supermodels are looking at. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't take it that far. As girlfriend. Um, what mm-hmm. is the one piece of advice you would want to share with everyone in general? Yes. Sure. In general, I think the piece of advice I'd want to share with everyone is really to get on social media with your brand. Even if you don't know what your business is yet, or even if you're in corporate still and you plan on staying there, right? You're, you're more hireable. If you have a presence on social media, you're more hireable. If you have a digital footprint as a, as a brand, as a business. So I think get on social media. Don't be scared. If, when somebody is contemplating getting on, um, like I, I feel that there, it takes time to evolve, like what you're comfortable with and what, how you want to post and the things you want to talk about. Um, I barely found my stride this past year with the video, like the clips of these episodes and other episodes that I've been on. And I just post that there's not a ton of like pictures of me. And then this caption of advice, Mm -hmm. it's just easier for me to talk like this and, give advice that way, mostly because again, um, I don't really like taking pictures. Uh, so sure. I hate so pictures. It, yeah. It took me time to, mm-hmm. to get to that point. So what is the, what would you say to somebody who does want to come online with their brand, but is unsure of how they want to like represent themselves? So two things there, I think what I learned early on is don't just hire every marketing agency that comes across your desk, right? So people right now are on the prowl, I think, because they know marketing agencies, right? And branding people, because they know that like no one really is fully comfortable with this space. So they might know that they can get you for 10,000 a month, right? And I, I did that. I was a victim of that. And like you mentioned earlier, 
on and we did it for the company and you know we have a few other initiatives going on but i mean the amount of money you can spend on a marketing agency is out of this world mm-hmm. and you mentioned when we were just discussing this is having someone be your voice online it's, it's not, you don't want someone to have be your voice. I did the same thing. They were writing scripts for us. And like, what is all of this fluff? Like, this is not who I am. I don't believe any of this stuff. So I think it's, you don't need a, an agency. You don't need someone who's going to take over your account and then do things that don't even align with you because then you're not giving yourself the opportunity to grow your brand naturally. Because like you said, you're, you, you were evolving for a while. You're still evolving. So am I, we were newer. Mm-hmm. So why not get in it and try to find a balance between real work and showing up online? So I think you need a couple basic things and that's just like your brand, like your look, right? Mm-hmm. You need like your name, your messaging. So we recently started helping people. I have a company called S2 Marketing just for the basics. And it's like, I am not going to be your voice. I'm not going to redesign who you are as a person. I'll give you the basic carousels and the look and feel. So you go and find someone on Upwork that can help you design things if you don't know how to. Mm -hmm. But that's all you really need, right? Just get on, get a couple basic things going and jump in. Yeah, no, I I agree 100%. Um, that, I mean, that's really where I found, I mean, for me, it's not necessarily about like growing followers. It was more important for me to be so compelled to share my message and that's, and if you get followers and you get opportunities, then, then fine. For me, I was not as focused on getting new clients. It was just, I have this, these, I'm having these really important conversations and I feel like everyone needs to at least hear this like one minute or two minute snippet of what this conversation was. Um, and, and that was it. And, you know, so for me, it's, it's like a moral win. Yeah. I, you know, a thousand followers and I didn't have to show my butt. I win. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I think is great too, when you're authentic and you're not just on there, like trying for some hard sell and you're not just trying for some reason because you want to be cool or you want to be on top of everyone else, then it actually happens naturally. Like, look, you weren't trying to do anything, but just share your message. And you got into Forbes, top 10 social media of 2020, the the world's worst year, right? Or at Mm -hmm. least our generation's worst year. So I think it's more authentic when you don't have a reason behind it like that. I agree. So speaking of the, of the pandemic and it was a tough year, I would, I want to ask you what has changed in terms of what makes you happy today and like what your mission in life or what's next for you now, as opposed to what you thought it was before all of that. So I think I was really concerned with, you know, growing a business before, which I still obviously am, right? That's a passion of mine. But I started a foundation during the pandemic and it was really to offer help to people that have had career issues, right? So I started during a a recession and I had to completely change direction in my life. And I think so many people are going through that. And I think the more you talk about those struggles and you do mentorship and you offer grants to continue education, you know, I'm, I'm doing my part to try to do something, 
Right. And I'm not, I'm, I'm young, I'm young blood. I'm just starting out on my own. Like I'm not trying to say by any means that I'm financially better than anyone. I just know that I have resources. I can figure out ways to do these things and I want to, I want to give back. So I think I found a new passion since the pandemic and it's really just, it's about trying to help people. So what is next for you? And what's now, next now that you've like graced the Forbes <laughs> magazine on this top list, what is next for Stephanie? So I am going to uh, start talking to kids in the mentorship program about how you can do anything in entrepreneurship, right? Like mm-hmm. look at me and all the things that I'm doing. And I got into Forbes and also we started the, the branding company. It's like a startup branding kit, no BS, no marketing like craziness. It's like, yeah, sure. It might be expensive to start, but you have everything you need to get yourself exactly where Forbes landed me. <laughs> That's exciting. I'm excited to see the things that you're going to roll out with. Um, Thank you. Where I'm excited can... to be on that list with you. It's so, I so know. awesome. I was like, look at... I was like, she should have been further up. Oh, stop. It's a great <laughs> achievement. You were, were you, you were number eight, weren't you? Yeah, I was number nice, eight. Nice, nice. Um, I don't look at the list as a as anything because number ten was Elon Musk. You know, I know. what I mean? Uh, yeah. He's like number one, then Gary V. We'll we'll go with that. <laughs> exactly. I know. I was like, hey, at least you know, make it more credible right. by put, putting Elon more at the top of the list. But hey, I'll, sure. I'll take it. I'll take Absolutely. it. Absolutely. People are eating it up, so it worked. Yeah. Whatever the strategy was, it seems to be working. Yeah, it's really cool. Where can listeners find you, your companies, everything that you're doing? So my company, so I have stephaniesaunders.com is my website. It kind of talks about everything there. We have links to the foundation and the mentorship programs and the grants that we provide for continuing ed. Um, Then we have, you know, like the speaking stuff we do. Also the marketing company link is there, S2 Marketing. And we have a podcast, the S2 Show. Everything is kind of on stephaniesaunders.com, but I'm really active on LinkedIn. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's where I'm at these days. Same. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Stephanie Saunders, Stephanie, S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S.com. You can find everything that she's doing there. Um, Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on. It was great meeting you. And thank you so much to our listeners. You can find us on Instagram at HR sucks. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a beat. That's right.